Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This Sunday, as we mark the Reformation, we hear St. Paul's crystal clear treatment of justification by grace through faith. Here he speaks in simplest terms of both the severity of God's law as well as the pure and free gospel, holding them forth in all of their brilliance, declaring the glory and grace of God our Savior. He does this through showing what the scriptures, which are God's revelation to mankind, teach. All of which he teaches is witnessed by the law and the prophets, that is, the Old Testament, the scriptures of his time. These scriptures which God has inspired teach us that no one is justified by any law, that is, that no one can be declared righteous by the law. We know, he writes, that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. By the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. This is as clear as clear can be. St. Paul teaches us here that the scriptures themselves teach that none are declared righteous by what they have done in accordance with the law of God. No one can stand before God and say, I have been righteous in all my deeds. I have done all things according to your word. I have followed and kept all of the commands and precepts. No one can say this because God being perfect demands perfection. And if one is to be declared righteous according to his keeping of the law, he must also keep it perfectly. As St. James reminds us in his epistle, whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he is guilty of all of it. God's law cannot justify us because we have not kept it perfectly, nor can we because of our sinfulness. Moreover, there is not any law any ritual, any commandment, be it from God or man, that can declare us righteous. People of all times and of all places have tried to do just that, tried to find ways to justify themselves, to make up for their failing and faults, to reach a state of perfection, or at least to make the scale tip heavier in the good column than in the bad. In the Old Testament, even some of those who were God's covenant people thought this way, that as long as they offered the sacrifices which God had commanded, then they would be righteous, and they could act however they wanted. Even though God had commanded these sacrifices, the people did not do them in faith but they did them in order to justify themselves so that they could worship other gods alongside the true God. 
Therefore God said to them through the prophet Amos, I hate, I despise your feast days, and I do not savor your sacred assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them, nor will I regard your fattened peace offerings. Take away from me your, the noise of your songs, for I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments. These were all things that God had commanded, yet they were abusing them, using them to justify themselves, rather than doing them with faith in God who justifies. And God said through Isaiah, I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fed fat of cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or in the lamb of goats. By the time of the Reformation, many thought that one was justified or declared righteous progressively over time. It makes sense. If you do good and righteous things, you will eventually become better and more righteous. It makes sense. We see that in the, the rest of the world as far as if you want a good habit, what do you do? You just keep doing it and doing it until it becomes a habit. And so many thought we can apply the same logic to our salvation, that if we do good over and over, we will eventually become righteous. And so they taught this through many and various works and prayers and fasts and pilgrimages so that one would eventually be justified with the help of God. Yet this is not what God has revealed to us in the scriptures, for he says, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. If one becomes righteous by what they did, there would indeed be room for boasting. But St. Paul says that all boasting on our part of ourselves is excluded. Yes, no works of any law can justify us or declare us righteous because we are not perfect. And so this law, which itself is perfect and which is good, points out our failings and our sins. By the law comes knowledge of sin. When we measure ourselves up to it, we see that we failed and that we have stumbled, that we have missed the mark. We have sinned in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone, as we confess. All have sinned, St. Paul writes, and fall short of the glory of God. All. The scriptures make this clear. Our epistle begins at verse 19, but just before that verse, St. Paul quoted a litany of passages from the Old Testament, which says the same thing, saying, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They've all turned aside. They have all together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. And their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. And the poison of asps is under their lips. And whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. And their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the, peace of, and the way of peace they have not known. And there is no fear of God before their eyes. Yes, certainly all of this is laid bare so that every mouth is stopped and the whole world is guilty before God. 
and he destroys any delusion that we can justify ourselves in any way, shape, or form. But the scriptures do not only reveal to us our problem, they also, they do not only reveal to us our sin, they also reveal to us the remedy, the solution to our problem, the medicine to our ills. That is why he reveals our sin, so that he might also reveal to us what he has done to heal us. The gospel, the good news of our salvation, the good news of being declared righteous for Christ's sake by grace through faith, only makes sense when we know that we can't justify ourselves. We must know that we are sinners. We must know that we cannot justify ourselves because the gospel only deals with sinners, because the gospel is for the forgiveness of sins. St. Paul writes, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is, comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and upon all who believe. For there is no difference all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith. The universality of sin is stressed so that the universality of the gospel may shine all the more brightly. For God has provided for us a way of salvation. He has provided for us a means of righteousness which we cannot attain on our own due to our sinful condition. This righteousness comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Meaning our Lord God declares that those who have faith in him are righteous. This is shown throughout the scriptures, both the Old and the New Testament. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And the prophet Habakkuk writes, the just shall live by his faith. It is by faith, by trust in Jesus Christ, that one is justified freely by God's grace. This is the only way in which we can stand before God and be righteous. Not by our own doings, not by our own works, but only by the work of God. By his declaration that we are righteous. Yes, despite our, our sin and despite our shame, God has the means to declare us righteous, and he does so out of his goodness, grace, and mercy. He is able to do this because of what Christ has done. We are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. We can only be declared righteous, can only be justified through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. For Jesus has merited, he has earned this righteousness before God for us. He alone, because he is God and man in one person, who is able to live that perfect life in accordance with God's law. He alone had perfect obedience, he alone was without sin. In this it is this obedience which God credits to us by his grace. He alone is righteous, and so it is this righteousness 
which is imputed to us. God can impute this righteousness and forgive our sins because Jesus, who had perfect obedience, offered his life as a sacrifice for sin. His death on the cross made atonement for sin. That is what it means to say that he was set forth as a propitiation by his blood. It is to say that his death paid our ransom. His blood has sprinkled the heavenly atonement seat that we might be cleansed. As the small catechism says so beautifully and wonderfully, Jesus Christ, true God begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and his innocent sufferings and death. The fact of his resurrection from the dead on the third day demonstrates that the Father has accepted the Son's sacrifice, and it proves to us that he has made satisfaction for sins. And so in light of this, and because of his divine fatherly grace and goodness, he declares us righteous when we believe in Jesus, meaning when we have faith in him, when we trust in him. See how it is all God's work, not our own. By our work, we are sinful and become guilty before God. But God's work involves the incarnation, his son becoming man. It involves the redemption which Jesus has paid for with his blood on the cross. And it's by his grace that he justifies us. That is, that he declares us righteous. All who are justified are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. He does this out of his love for the world, out of his grace and favor towards us, even though we don't deserve it. For that is what grace is. It is undeserved favor. He has done all of this because we can't justify ourselves. So it is by grace that we are declared righteous. And this declaration is received by faith. That is what it means to be justified through faith. Faith is the hand which receives from God. We're not justified because of faith, as if God sees our faith and says, as a reward, I am declaring you righteous. You know, it's by God's grace that we are justified, and faith receives that judgment, believes it. This is the clear truth of the scriptures that were made prominent during the time of the Reformation. The truth was always there, it always existed, and it was held by many people throughout the history of the church. But over time, it had become clouded as certain people in positions of power taught and allowed others to teach that our works played a part in our justification. This happened so much that many common people came to believe that we're justified by our works, and they were constantly fearful that they could never do enough to be declared righteous, and they were even afraid of Jesus Christ. Works were held up as playing an important part of justification, and it was said that if the people believed that they were justified freely by God's grace, then they wouldn't do good works. It was feared that if the people believed they were justified freely on account of Christ's death and resurrection, 
and that this was received by faith, then the people would be unruly and neglect the care of others, neglect the care of the church. But this is a poor excuse to teach false doctrine and to obscure the pure truth of the gospel. It was harmful to the souls of the people to make them believe that they could earn their salvation in some way. It brought about a false trust in themselves and in others rather than in Christ. And as a result, works occupied a wrong position in Christian life. But now, due to the clarity of this teaching, good works have their proper place. They cannot help in regards to our justification. We cannot hold our works up to God and think that they can match what our Lord Jesus Christ has done in his life and death. No, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. But that does not mean that good works have no use. God doesn't need our good works as if they give him something. They don't justify us before him. However, he calls on us to do good works for the sake of our neighbor, so that by means of these works we might glorify God, who has freely justified us by his grace, so that out of love and thanksgiving for all that he has done freely for us, we too may freely and lovingly serve others, serve them in our various vocations as fathers and mothers, sons and daughters, employees and employers, brothers and sisters, leaders and citizens, serve them through acts of charity, which share our love freely with them with expecting nothing in return. These works aren't coerced. They're not done trying to earn God's favor, but rather they're done freely out of love for the neighbor. This is the true place of good works, that as we are sanctified, as the Holy Spirit makes us holy, we do these holy works in serving others out of love for them, thus fulfilling the law of love according to God's will. Thanks be to God, who has both revealed to us through his holy word the nature and scope of our sin, but also his forgiveness, which he freely gives to all who believe in Jesus Christ, his Son. Thanks be to God that he declares us righteous by his grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, which he has obtained for us through his mediation and merits. Amen. Now the peace of God surpasses all understanding. Guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Bless and preserve you always. Amen.